0: Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the Law of Moses, the Prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then Jesus opened their minds to understand the Scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. And that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. And see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with the power from on high. Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany. And lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Come and see, come and serve, come and grow. That was the tagline on the outside of St. Andrew Lutheran Church in Vancouver, Washington, where I served as an intern during seminary. And there are two reasons that that particular phrase came to my mind this week. And it all started Wednesday morning. I was in my Wednesday morning lectionary study preparing for this week's sermon with the other Episcopal colleagues that make up that group with me. And as I read through the text this week, I just kept noticing the word come, and between our first reading from Acts and our second reading from Revelation, we hear the word come, or some version of it, nine different times. So as I thought about that repetitive, invitational word, come, I was inevitably brought back in my mind to that tagline from St. Andrew, come and see, come and grow, come and serve. And that's a tagline that I I very much still admire. Because when you break it down, there's an invitation in there for everyone. Whether you are new to church, there's an invitation to come and see. Whether you've been around for a little while, there's an invitation to grow deeper and come and serve. Once you've experienced what it's like to live a life of service, then there's the invitation to come and grow. In many ways, that simple tagline, it builds in depth and intensity. And that brings me to the second time this week that I was reminded of that tagline, come and see, come and grow, come (laughs) and serve. I was invited by Reverend Amity Karuba, the rector here at Grace Place, to lead the Wednesday morning, or Wednesday afternoon, I'm sorry, lunchtime Bible study in Eucharist. And in this Bible study, This group was making their way through Proverbs, and I was there to help them break down Proverbs 10 through 15. And that section of Proverbs, it makes up a section where all of the Proverbs are antithetical to each other. It's called antithetical parallelism. These are some big words I'm going to use in a minute, but just bear with me. And it's a literary device, this antithetical parallelism, that uses contrast between two lines to teach us something. So, take Proverbs 10, verse 1, it says this, A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. (laughs) (laughs) I learned about this form of parallelism as I prepared myself for this Bible study, but in my research I also learned about other forms of parallelism that happen in the Bible, like synonymous parallelism. That's one where you say the same thing, two different ways in order to convey the teaching. So an example of this could be from the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6.13, where we say, save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. Two synonymous phrases right after each other. They help teach us. But then there's this final form of parallelism. That's the one that reminded me of the come and see, come and grow, and come and serve. It's a way of parallelism called synthetic parallelism. And this is where successive lines build on the first line, and they intensify as they go on. And the biblical example of this could be from Proverbs 6, where it says, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that hurry to run to evil, a lying witness who testifies falsely, and one who sows discord talk about building intensity, sheesh. Okay, maybe that wasn't the most pleasant example to illustrate what I'm talking about, but you get the point. This kind of parallelism, parallelism, this synthetic parallelism, it brought me to this invitation to come and see, to come and serve, to come and grow, because that parallel repeating phrase builds and intensifies as you go through it. And it intensifies the invitation to go deeper with one another, and to go deeper with God. And I think that's what the church can be at its best. Not just a welcoming church, but an inviting church. Because thoughtful invitations, I think they reflect God's love. They reflect the way God's love works in our life. Just think about God's love. It meets us in a place where we might be filled with doubt, insecurity, fear, sadness, or even anger. And it reminds us, first and foremost, that we are good, that we are enough, and that we are not alone. But God's love is not just welcoming, because it doesn't just leave it at that. God's love invites us as well, first to know that we are loved, but then to share that love with others by inviting them to know that they are loved as well. When we do this, we share this love by inviting people to come and see what God is doing, where God's love is in action in our lives and in the lives around us. To come and serve with a spirit of God's love. And finally, we invite people to come and grow in God's love as it grows and spreads throughout the earth. God's love is something we cannot be separated from. And it also has this contagious kind of feel to it, overflowing and spreading into all the world, making us the people and the creation God is loving us into. But even as we reflect on this invitation to come and experience God's love, it seems almost at odds with the text today, as Jesus is not coming to us but going away from us. Today we heard two different accounts in Luke and in Acts of Jesus' ascension into heaven. And sometimes I think this story is almost a bit too real, where Jesus feels absent, withdrawn, gone from this place. There are even some Orthodox traditions that fast the ten days between Jesus' ascension and the celebration of Pentecost, when we recognize the gift of the Holy Spirit coming down. And they fast to acknowledge and recognize this temporary absence of God. And I think we'd all be lying if we were to say that we have never felt like God is absent from our life. Maybe then the ascension is an invitation for us to be able to honestly name where and when Jesus has felt absent from our lives. Those times where we have spent looking toward heaven, Pleading with God, saying, Come, Lord Jesus. Those times when we felt most alone from God. But I love the part in the text from Acts when Jesus is being taken up and it says, While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking toward heaven? Why do you stand looking toward heaven? that quick distraction from our loneliness. It can be a way for us to bring our eyes back into focus and to see where God is at all around us, within us, in everything that we see, in everyone that we serve. And God is that creative force behind every bit that we grow. And we aren't alone, we aren't separated from God. In fact, I think the ascension of Jesus can be a moment for us also to remember that Jesus is no longer in one physical place, but Jesus is everywhere with all of us at all times. This week coming up on Tuesday night, actually, we are going to be celebrating the life of a longtime member of the South Loop Community Table Meals that we serve. And this man was named Bill Radzik. He was a witty, principled, tireless advocate for his fellow friends experiencing homelessness. And Bill died back in March. He died by himself in the back of a car on one of those wickedly cold Chicago nights. And my heart breaks for Bill and the way that he died in that car and the way he was forced to survive in a cruel world where homelessness has become all too normal. But then this week, as I was writing this sermon and as I was thinking about Bill's memorial on Tuesday, I remembered one of the gifts that he once gave me. I'll pull it out. Get ready for it. It's called, Jesus <laughs> Sees Us. Okay? And this thing's creepy, right? I know. <laughs> I thought it was some kind of weird like elf-on-the-shelf thing where Jesus is there, always watching us whenever we do anything good, but especially when we do something bad kind of thing. But then I read the back of it, and it says this you are so loved someone in your life couldn't wait to share all of the good news about Jesus with you this Jesus sees Us Doll is a reminder that Jesus Christ is always with you guiding and loving you every day he will be by your side to help you through the tough times and to celebrate your victories and after I read that I thought maybe this gift wasn't so bad and creepy after all (laughs) In a fun and inviting way, I think, Bill was reminding me that Jesus is with me, loving me at all times, in all places, and nothing can separate me from that love. Well, Bill, right back at you. And thanks for all the ways that you have invited me into this way of coming and seeing, coming and serving, coming and growing in Christ's love for myself and for my neighbors. I think in that way, Bill reflected God's love and called the greatest potential out of us at the South Loop Community Table to not just be welcoming, but to be inviting. May it be so.